What's going on, good people? I really appreciate you listening in to the first episode of Who Knows? It's Just Life, the podcast. I just wanted to give a quick mention that this podcast was recorded just one day before I heard about the assassination of Walter Wallace Jr. And so I don't mention him in the episode, um, but trust, we will be getting into his case and other cases of police brutality in future episodes. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the first show. Greetings, good people. Welcome to Who Knows? It's Just Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Kyle. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Obviously, this is the first episode, so I'll do a little introduction of myself and the show and get into some topics today as well. Um, So first of all, I'm a straight, cisgender black man, born, raised, and still based in the Maryland portion of the DMV. Um, Some of y'all might know me from the Racisms podcast, which I had the pleasure of producing. Their first season just ended, and I'm taking kind of the the time in between here to kind of get this started, and we'll be coming in with season two later. But if you're not familiar, Racisms, spelled R-A-C-E-I-S-M-S, is a podcast hosted by Jaslyn and Lisa, and they explore a number of crucial conversations around race through their own lenses. Um, And it's a really good show. Their final episode called Meet the Producer interviewed me and we addressed all of the episodes that they had to that point throughout the first season. And I kind of touched on my thoughts on those topics, which shed a lot of light on my life and where I'm from and all that kind of stuff. So you want to if you want to learn more about me from that perspective, I encourage you to check out that particular episode. But really, I recommend the entire podcast is uh, Jaslyn and Lisa do a great job hosting that. So um, definitely want to want to big want to big up them. And honestly, they're the ones who inspired me to do this. I got to be real. Seeing them do what they do just really just got me got me motivated to actually just buckle down and do this, do, do this here myself. So appreciate them. Shout out to Jaslyn Lisa and the Racism's podcast for, you know, inspiring me to do this and to kind of get me started on this whole thing. So, yeah. A couple other things I'll mention. I'm a blurred, which is a, I love that we have a name now. Back in high school, I was just a nerd and people questioned whether or not I was even black. But now we got a name. I'm a blurred. I'm a dad an engineer, musician, athlete, um, and a litany of other things. Y'all, y'all will continue to hear more about me through, through, through this time that we're sharing together. Um, and I think it's important to also note that I'm striving to be an active anti-racist, feminist, womanist, anti-homophobic, anti-transphobic person. And I, I, those are all constantly struggles that we all have to you know, work towards uh, doing and realizing in our day-to-day lives. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with a few of those, you know, from, from, for a long time, I've been actively doing those. And, and honestly, the, the trans anti-transphobia is newer to me. And so I, I'm learning a lot, a lot about that. Um, but in general, these are all topics that we all need to learn about, including myself. Um, you can never stop learning enough about these and how to, how to be a, uh, a holistic person and a person who is really not try, not out here perpetuating systems and, and attitudes and cultures that, that are, that are detrimental and deadly to, to people that aren't, that either are us or aren't, or, or aren't like us. Um, and shoot, I'm a father too, so I'm, <laughs> I got to figure this out for myself, but I'm, I'm also bringing up a, a son in the world and I'm, I got to make sure that he's a, a decent person and B, you know, make sure he's, he's on the right path and in, in, in these topics as well and make sure he carries the torch and, and he'll probably do a better job than me. Cause you know, the world is different and he'll be conditioned a little bit differently than I was. But anyway, um, so this podcast will touch on a number of topics. Um, we're going to talk about all those four topics we just talked about. 
We'll get into politics. We'll get into maybe a little bit of sports, which is a little bit of the topic today. Um, we'll get into relationships, raising kids, you know, whatever it is, health and wellness, fitness, whatever it is that's going on. Um, you know, it, it's fair game. I'll probably be ha- having a couple of guests on here at some point. Hopefully I'll get my family members on here. That would be super fun. So, but regardless who's on the podcast, you know, and, and, and I'm speaking for myself primarily, the premise of the show is who knows? It's just life. You know, there's things that I do that I'm familiar with. There's things that, you know, I've experienced. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't have this all figured out. And really, I don't think anybody else does either. So the show is really just to explore that learning process. And as Neely Fuller says, I'm still learning. And I feel like that is a true statement really for everybody's life. And I, I at least I'll claim it. It's always true for me. And that's just something that, you know, is going to ride through this show. And so no matter what topic it is that we talk about here, you know, it's it's just part of the learning process. And so as listeners, you know, I encourage you to give me feedback and check me if I say something that's off color or whatever, because you helped me learn in that moment. Um, and, and, you know, hey, maybe there's some things that I've said that, that you didn't know and maybe the learning goes both ways. But but really, this is really just a, a public expression of my learning and I welcome you to join me on that and I I, I hope it's going to be fun I'm going to have fun it might just be me in here having fun by myself but I hope y'all have fun with me so that's kind of the goal of this podcast another thing I'll mention is that okay so I'm like I'm in my 30s and I'm young enough to be considered a millennial but old enough to not really get with a lot of the millennial stuff or not really understand a lot of it Social media is one of those things that I basically never did. Uh, I was I had Facebook back when you had to be in college to have it. And then after that, I kind of fell off Facebook. It's not on my phone. Like, I just never look at it ever. And really, I just never got Instagram. I had Twitter for a little bit when I was trying to promote my music stuff. But really, I never did. I never did social media like at all. And so obviously, I'll need a little bit of social media to kind of promote this and whatnot and, and kind of just get a get a get a digital footprint out there and so I, I basically thought that this would be a fun way to kind of go through entering social media at my age with my with my experience um, and my lack of digital footprint I think there might be some funny uh, experiences that I have learning the hard way what most of y'all listening probably already know because most everybody's on social media so anyway um, that might be a, a fun thing to add into this here as well. So I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, at the very end, um, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, some ways where you can get at me and get in touch with me. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Um, so I'm gonna start it off today with just some updates. Um, so this is a period of the show where we'll just I'll just update you all on what's going on. And that could either be a, a worldly thing, a national thing, local, personal, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, there's a whole lot of things going on right now. We got NSARS happening in the U.S. I know we're getting gearing up for the general election. Many people have already voted, but, you know, the general election is happening in the next week. We've got all all the Black Lives Matter stuff going on still. We've got a whole bunch of other uh, activist things. Um, we got France and, and, and having his, his issues with the Muslim community, um, which which I've just saw some headlines in. And I haven't even del- delved deep enough into that, but that looks very deep and very um very contentious as well. So there's a whole lot of things going on in the world right now. Um, I'm going to probably talk about the election and all that stuff later. Um, But for me, a a topic that just kind of resolved itself for me was 
the baseball season. This is not going to be a sports show, but I am a huge baseball fan. And it ties into how I feel about this baseball season ties into some of the other topics like racism and all that kind of stuff as well, just because of what all took place this year. And so the the World Series just ended. The Dodgers won uh, for their first time in like 32 years. I think the last time they won was in 88. Um, So they can all, you know, be happy about that. I'm blown, though, because if you watch game six, Blake Snell for the Rays was pitching a gem. He was lights out. He was striking everybody out. Um, he struck. He struck out like the first three batters of the Dodgers lineup, both of the times he faced each of them. So six strikeouts from the thir- first three guys. Um, they took him out in the sixth inning, I think it was, and he didn't. It wasn't a pitch count issue. They took him out, and of course, the reliever comes in and gives up runs, and you know that's the ball game. So um, that that was frustrating for me. I'm a kind of an old school guy in terms of like, hey, if 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 the if the starter's in there and he's dealing, like let him deal. Uh, let let that happen. Um, but it was an exciting World Series. I was happy to see the Rays win a couple games. Game four was a classic. Uh, for those who, who don't watch baseball, it's, a, it's unfortunate because baseball is amazing. It's an amazing sport because in game four, you had a guy that nobody ever heard of. Like uh, Brett Phillips was his name. And he he's not a very good player. Like he, I mean, he's a player that, that's in the league, but he he, he didn't even make the, the Rays team for the, the the championship series so he's definitely not one of those star players who's always going to be in there because that game was as strategic as it was he he was brought in as a pinch runner the inning before and he and he shows up batting with two outs in the in the bottom of the ninth inning and his hit leads to the Rays winning game four and I just love stories like that because in basketball and football whatever like in basketball your 12th person on the bench is not getting the final shot at the in game in in any game much less a game in the playoffs. But here's a guy who's like barely made the team and he's up because the lineup is such that that's that's when he was up. He was up in that moment and he was made a hero that night and I just love the fact that like baseball puts people in circumstances like that where <laughs> like managers, coaches, nobody <laughs> would want that person in that situation necessarily. Um but they have a chance to shine and and it happens. So baseball is a very fun sport for me in that way. Um, and I love numbers. I love data and all that stuff anyway. So base, I just love baseball. But um, ba- the reason why baseball's conclusion is a, is a, still a relevant topic for me and, and I think relevant for the show is the relationship baseball has with black America in general and the way it handled the whole George Floyd thing and, and the whole Black Black Lives Matter situation this this summer. And, and I'm I'm a huge comp- proponent of of black people watching baseball, black people being in baseball, because baseball was a huge thing um, for us as a community. Um, you know, the Negro Leagues were a big, big, big thing. Rube Foster was a genius in terms of his ideas of of using baseball to integrate society. The way baseball integrated was not what was not what Rube Foster wanted. He did not want player individual players going black players going into the major leagues. He wanted the Negro Leagues to be as competitive as the Major League Baseball franchise, and he wanted black-owned teams and black teams to enter MLB with black ownership, black management, black players. So I love his vision, and I really think that we, as a as a as a collective, there's a lot to learn from what what he, he what he was trying to do. And unfortunately, in his case, I mean he. he kind of started to succumb to some mental health issues uh, and he died in 1930 which was a bit before baseball was integrated but the way it ended up being integrated he would just not have been cool with at all um, compared to like what he what his goals really were 
as it stands, though, baseball has this positioning as historically as like the the thing that integrated America because it was integrated in 1947, which was a year before the military was integrated in 1948, um, which of course was was before Brown v. Board of Education. Um, so it was one of the first landmark integrations in this country. Baseball was. And again, it didn't happen the way Rube Foster wanted it. Like, obviously, zero black ownership transpired, zero black management transpired. It was literally just black players being integrated into, into Major League Baseball, which killed the black business, which was the Negro Leagues, um, unfortunately. And a lot of times in, in integration, we see how integration was a plague to black businesses, which is which is tragic. Um, I know Killer Mike did a lot of did, did a did an episode on his show about that. Um, and there, there's a lot of there were, there was a lot of things that went wrong when integration took place. Uh, I know it's not popular to say that, but it's very true. Anyway, baseball was put on this pedestal historically as like this great forward thinking organization to integrate and blah blah blah. I call BS on all that because that was basically a strategic move. I mean. The the white the estab- white establishment knew that they knew that black people loved baseball and would pay to see baseball um, at their stadiums if they just allowed them in. Um, and black people would watch Major League Baseball anyway, even if even if black black folks were in it because it was the Premier League. Like let's just be honest, it was the Premier League. Um, however, you can't really call it a Premier League because a lot of talent was in the Negro Leagues that is was was better than the big leaguers at the time. So, um, and that's true if you read any account of any any player who played barnstorming offseason, like they played with the black players, you know, on the offseason. They'll tell you how good Satchel Page was. They'll tell you how good Josh Gibson was. Like they'll they'll anyway, so anyway, baseball has this kind of phony legacy of being this like pillar organization that like is so forward looking or whatever. It's not. As I alluded to earlier, it integrated for financial reasons. It just wanted to make money off of the black fan base and the talent, which was black baseball players. So, you know, it integrating wasn't because they were purely, they, they no longer were white supremacists and racist or whatever. They just wanted to make the money that they were missing out on. Like, that's what it was. And then if you jump to today, the fact that when George Floyd was killed, everybody and their mom was rushing to try to say Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. NASCAR and the National Hockey League beat Major League Baseball with a Black Lives Matter statement. And these are two sports arenas with pretty much zero black people in them and not a whole lot of black fans. They beat Major League Baseball to the Black Lives Matter thing, which, again, I have thoughts about the whole black. Every, everybody, all those companies saying Black Lives Matter, whatever, including my former employer, they all everybody said it. And I know in terms of my own my former employer, they don't mean it like they really don't. And I and I, know, I know that from a fact from that perspective. But anyway, all they had to do was come up with a statement like that. I mean, you don't have to actually believe it. Just Everybody's putting out a statement. That's all. That's all everybody was doing at that point. Anyway, Major League Baseball was last of the major sports to do anything. And then, you know, come opening day. Granted, their season was delayed a lot because of covid. The season didn't really start until the very end of July. And so that, you know, there had been a whole couple of months between George, George Floyd's killing and the start of the Major League Baseball season, at which point they decided to have Black Lives Matter on the field and everybody, like all the players did like kneeling or some kind of 
you know, show of support for Black Lives Matter. A bunch of fans hated that. I don't care. Some of the players didn't even like it. I don't care. You know, whatever. Like that, that all, all that took place. And I think that that's all that took place. And it's and it's not enough. Right. It's just not enough. And to kind of highlight, you know, the gap here, I'm going to talk about this video that they did. So Major League Baseball had a video that they put out and the video was with Harold Reynolds, who, for those who don't know, Harold Reynolds is a black, a black man who played baseball professionally in the 80s I think a little bit in the 90s but he's a he's had a long career as a commentator on MLB Network and so he's one of the one of the black guys he's a black guy that's on there and you know I, I like him for his analysis and stuff like that he's had he's had he's not a perfect person he's had some issues with with women and allegations of sexual harassment and stuff like that so not not a perfect figure by any stretch um, in this moment though I thought it was interesting because MLB put him in in the position to host a MLB Black Players Roundtable. And this took place in mid-June. And Harold Reynolds, of course, black man, he's hosting it. He's rep- he's kind of representing the league, which had to be awkward for him. Um, because, again, the league is really not forward-thinking with this. It has Sharon Robinson, who's the daughter of Jackie Robinson. Um, and she did her best to politely but eloquently call out the MLB for its kind of crappy job with handling race relations in general um then they had josh bell uh sterling sharp and john duplantier who are players on the round table now of those three players josh bell is the only one that people might know about he's he's a stud he, he he's a first baseman for the pittsburgh pirates had a hell of a year a couple years ago he's the only one that people recognize the other two I, st- I think are still technically rookies um they're they're coming up in the league they're young pitchers whatever they're they're, they're talented but they're not they haven't really made their made their footprint in the league yet so in this discussion you see harold reynolds try to represent his employer which is the mlb but also have this conversation about race with mlb players and sharon robinson and he has to tell this line because mlb is his employer but there's a truth about black the black experience in America, the reactions to what how everything took place this summer with Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and others, you know, <laughs> Harold Reynolds <laughs> is trying to, you know, make sure his employer looks good because they're doing this while being honest and maintaining some integrity as a black man in terms of like how this is actually going to take place, um, and you know, Sharon Robinson, she is in a position to call out MLB because. Her father's Jackie Robinson. She's been a very av- active proponent of him and, and his mission and all that. Um, and and she's been long critical of MLB's Jackie Robinson Day, which is when all players wear number 42, which is Jackie Robinson's number. That, that number, by the way, is retired. Nobody else can wear that number in baseball. And everybody wears the number 42. No names on the backs of the jerseys or anything. And so everybody's out there paying homage and respect to Jackie Robinson for having broken the color barrier. Um, and that's on April 15th uh, every season. And she kind of said that they always call me on Jackie Robinson Day, but there's not much else other than that. There's nothing else. They don't really do anything. And they started this RBI program, um, which is supposed to help, you know, get get young black kids, um, you know, into into baseball, which 
so we're starting to see some of the talent from that program come into the league, which is exciting to see, but it really isn't much at all. And there's not much that the league has done to get baseball back into, into, you know, black households and stuff like that. So anyway, that I appreciate her being on there and being as honest as she was on there. But what's most telling to me was John Duplantier, who's a 20, he's a 26 year old player. He's a pitcher. He told a story that to me just highlighted how bad racism is in this country for one, obviously, um, but also how baseball is, you know, not the purveyor of integration and whatever, whatever that people think it is because of Jackie Robinson and all that. So he told a story. He's from he's from the Houston area. He's, um, um, and so he was playing in high school. He's playing first base. And he said he was the only player, only black player on his team within management, coaches, anything like that. I think he even said in the entire league, he might he was probably the only black player in the entire league. And, you know, at, at this point in his high school career, he was fairly well known. People knew he was going to play college, college ball and everything. He was kind of, you know, getting some attention in terms of him being a good player. So he's playing first base. The opposing dugout, who's on the first base side of the field, he hears one of the players kind of randomly at some point in the game, he said, I got, I got a rope and a tree with your name on it. And he heard this statement and he turned around and started storming over to that bench, to that dugout. The only thing that stopped him from, from, from doing something, probably, who knows what he would have done, but the only person that stopped him was the umpire at first base who also happened to be black. And this umpire held him and kept talking to him, said, said, don't do this. Like, you know, don't don't waste don't waste it on this. Don't waste it on this. Like he he knew he knew who he was and everything. He was like, nah. He's like, bro, he, cal- he calmed him down. And, and John went back to the dug went to his own dugout and said, somebody else got to play first base. I need to cool off. And that's not even the worst part of the story. The worst part of the story is that nobody said anything to him after the incident not his coach not his teammates nothing and and some of these players he said some of these players he's known since he was like I don't know like in elementary school he's played ball with some of these kids for a long time at this point none of them said anything and this is this is this is a young man who who's 26 he was in high school in what 2010 20 2011 so this was this was not even ten years ago that this happened. I, I just think that story just shows how bad racism is in this country, and how ill ill equipped white people are to how to handle situations like that. Um, and so we're gonna get into a lot more about that in general, like as a broader theme in terms of American history and all that kind of stuff, you know, later. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like that is just such a, a very glaring statement or I just feel like that's a very glaring example of how, how where we are in this country. And anyway, so so I appreciate this this roundtable having happened. And by the way, it was all virtual. Everybody was zoomed in and whatever. So um, and they did a fairly, fairly, fairly good job considering the circumstances. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So so baseball 
baseball, I, I remember when when when, they, when baseball was the last one to come out with their Black Lives Matter stuff and everything. Um, I, I I was like, I was really lukewarm. I was really blown about the season. I really didn't care that much. And, and every action to COVID was problematic too. They were very very unorganized with that. Um, so my 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 infatuation with with the league, you know, I shouldn't say infatuation. I never really was infatuated with the league. Um, my like for the major league for major league baseball was severely diminished with everything that took place this summer, and um, I I did end up paying attention to the to the season. Uh, I you know I played fantasy baseball like a super nerdy league and everything, so I kind of wanted to I wanted to be competitive there and, and pay attention to a degree and and it worked because I was a league champion. But anyway, I don't know. So this is one of those conflicts where I feel like you know. If I'm really true, am I? If I'm really true to to what I'm what I'm about or whatever, like with 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 all these ra- racial ideas and anti-racism stuff like that, could should I even support the league? Because um, I kind of took that stance with with the NFL. Like the NFL reeks MAGA to me. Um, you know, Kaepernick was treated the way he was treated, and and that whole you know that that whole scenario. I worked with people at that time who stopped watching the league because players wouldn't just stand up and play, um, and whatever, whatever. So. And I kind of nixed the NFL. Like, I, I don't follow the NFL anymore. I, I love football as a sport. Like, I played it. Um, you know, I, I will argue with anybody that baseball is as entertaining as football. Football has a ton of boring downtime and call, calls back and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, football's a good sport. Like, I can't lie. Like, I played it in high school. Like, yeah, football's fun. But I definitely don't watch the NFL anymore. Um and it was for political reasons. So why, like, I felt conflicted because I was like, you know, I should do the, I should do the same thing with the MLB, um, or maybe not. I don't know. It's, it's just an internal conversation I'm having with myself. I know plenty of people who who still watch the NFL. They 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 think similar to the, similarly to me, um, but they still watch the NFL, and that's fine. That's their that's their choice. Um, you know, some people. One, one friend of mine is like, you know, if 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 black people chose not to participate in everything that was problematic we would literally not participate in anything because everything is problematic the currency is rooted in slavery i mean every every holiday is problem like the fourth of july didn't include us you know thanksgiving was about was 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 a was a brief reprise during a genocide i mean you know if you really so i don't know so so at the end of the day do you just enjoy the things you can enjoy so like sports it's a good release the competition is fun do we do I let myself just enjoy that for what it is? I, I did for I did for baseball this year. And um I don't know. But but I mean let get at me. Let me I want I wanna I wanna hear your thoughts on this. You know, let me know what you think. You know, am I am I hypocritical for Nixon the NFL and still paying attention to MLB? You know, I don't know. And for those that's the other thing. People who reacted to Kaepernick and the Black Lives Matter stuff across sports saying, oh, why is sports political? Why is sports political? They are completely blind or just ignorant to the fact that sports are hella political. Hella political. And that came up uh, recently. Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Buck were caught, you know, caught talking about the flyovers over the football games. By the way, why are they doing flyovers when there's like zero stand, zero fans in the stands? That makes no sense anyway. But all that is 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 propaganda. That's pro- propaganda for the military. And I and and I was looking into it a little bit later. Like NPR came out with an article that talked about how um, how the Pentagon paid like millions and millions of dollars 
to the teams for the for the flyovers. The Pentagon, our tax dollars, went to the owners of these franchises who are billionaires for them to have permission to do a flyover for their promotional recruitment, which is how it was categorized and budgetized so that our tax dollars seemed like they went to a good cause to you know, help recruiting for the military. No, these funds went to pay for flyovers for sporting events. When we, when we talk about politics and sports, we have to be very, very honest about where politics and sports are. Sports, are, sports, you know, sports have a hell of a lot of politics in them. I mean, we talk about, you know, we talk about the breast cancer awareness stuff like we have. They do. They do good things, too. I mean, but but these are all political. Everything is political, um, especially with the military appreciation stuff. I mean, I'm a I'm, I'm based in the DMV. I like the Nationals. I like the Orioles, too. The Nationals have a moment in every home game where they where we you know, everybody they, they highlight some some folks who came home, some troops who came home um, recently or whatever. And everybody you know, tips their cap and, and claps for them. It's, it's, it's a guaranteed standing ovation every game. And I and I, I do the same. I clap, I stand up, I do my thing because I will I will respect somebody for for doing what they think is right for their themselves and their country. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with the individual. My argument is with, you know, the the institution that's sending them to places they may not they probably shouldn't shouldn't need to be. But anyway, all that is political. All that is political. The, the saying the national anthem before the game is even political. All that stuff is political. So for those people who are talking about, oh, you know, take politics out of the sports, you're lying. You're lying to yourself because you, you like clapping for the troops. You like doing these things, and that's political as well. Um, you like doing the national anthem and all that stuff. That's all, that's all political. So I think we just need to be honest with that and let people be people, for real. I think one thing that's happened in journalism recently, over the, well, not recently, over the last, like I guess, 20 years or more, is that people have been allowed to be more themselves, um, and that's another thing too. When Stuart Scott passed away several years ago, but what I didn't realize, and for those who don't know, Stuart Scott was one of the was one of the marquee anchors, news anchors for Sports Center way back in the day, back in the nineties, early nineties, and he held it down. Like and and Stuart Scott like has swag, and nobody knew what that like nobody really. Swag wasn't a popular term back then, but he would say like, "Oh, you know, so and so's up at the plate, and he was cool as the other side of the pillow, and he hits a home run or whatever." Like he just had all these sayings for days that just made it so fun. And back then, Sports Center was an hour long program, and that repeated every hour for the whole morning. So like Saturday mornings, my brother and I, we would just watch Sports Center over and over again because he was so entertaining. It was him and Rich Eisen, and they would they would and Rich Eisen would come out of his shell too. But before that. Sports was like dry. Like they would just sit down and say, well, in the bottom of the ninth inning, so-and-so did something and it was da-da-da-da-da-da-da and the account was two and two. It was boring. It was dry. It was like, you know, think of Tom Brokaw, like old school news, like old school, like suited up and whatever, like just level tone. And everybody was lying to you that they were unbiased. Now we know everybody's biased. Like everybody's biased. Just be your bias, be you and report your stuff the way you see it. Like, let's just be honest about that. So let the players do the same thing. Let the players do the same thing. Like if, if if a player wants to wear something about whatever, let them wear it. And and I know that has to go both ways. If somebody wants to be all like, you know, racist or whatever, let them do that. I'd rather know that they're racist than have them hide it and have them not, you know, have them like hate me and not. I don't even know who they are. Now, you know what? Go ahead and tell me who you are. I want to know who you are. But I also want players to be able to be active and be vocal about whatever it is they care about. 
Um, so like, you know, players wearing certain jerseys or whatever, put, putting things on to like, you know, represent somebody or something, go for it, do it, go at it, you know? And uh, I don't know, all that stuff I think is, 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 should be fine. And I don't think the leagues should hinder us from telling our stories and using our platforms in a way um, that helps ourselves and helps our people. Um, that's just a personal opinion of mine. So I'm going to stop it there in terms of that. I hope that gives you a feel for the kind of things we'll talk about. And, and believe me, we'll get into a number of different topics and this one will feel like, yeah, I can't even, I can't even believe we talked about baseball for a hot minute, but since the season just ended and that was top of mind and I'm passionate about it, you know, I just had to go there. It'll be a long off season, so I won't have any good excuse to bring it up in the future. So, uh, yeah, so that's it for now on baseball. Yeah. So for my quick social media journey piece, um, so I just literally joined Instagram for the first time like two days ago, maybe yes no it was it might have been yesterday. Shoot, it might have been yesterday. Um and I joined, I found a picture to use, and at first I was like, they, they said, Oh, can we have access to your camera? And I said, No, and they're like, This is Instagram, it's about pictures. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess that doesn't make any sense. So I, I I allowed it to do that, but I haven't posted anything yet. But over the course of like last night and today, like you know, Instagram told me like, oh, you're all caught up. And like, I was like, this is dry. Like this, like, I was like, this is like, is this broken or something? And I, I texted my friend and she was like, you got to follow like social media people. And I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. And I kind of knew that. I mean, I did know that, but I was just expecting stuff to, I don't know. Like I had followed like a few, a handful of folks, mostly friends and a couple of family members and, and a couple of folks that I, that I knew were kind of social media type people. But the list of who I was following was probably like 10 people deep. So like I was just like, man, this is dry. Like what is going on? So I started to expand who I'm following and um, some some on my own volition. Some was at the request of, of friends as well. But um, this will be an experience. I know there's some some stuff I'm following where I'm just like, yo, people look at this stuff. And other other stuff is 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 really informative. Like I, I you know, I, I'm growing my growing. <laughs> Corona helped me gain the courage to grow my beard out a little bit. Um, so I was kind of looking at Instagram for like tips on how to like maintain beards and stuff like that. So so I see the value in it. I really do. I see the value in it. And um, you know, I hope hopefully I will continue to learn and 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 use it for good, not evil. And hopefully I learn to manage my time on it i know it can be a time suck so that's another concern i hope i can manage that but uh yeah so as i close out the episode i want to do something that i'm gonna kind of swipe an idea from a podcast that i like called code switch off of npr um they they have songs giving them life and i uh, i think that's a beautiful idea um and i and i like that they do that i'm gonna kind of do a similar thing i'm gonna call it i'm gonna I'm just say i'm just gonna say rock with me do you rock with me so the song i'm rocking to right now is is one that I got to admit is a little bit of a shameless promotion, but this is with my buddy, my span who did this song called stand up. And it's basically a protest, the NFL anthem. And he had sent me, you know, some concepts for a beat, you know, months ago. And so I made the beat and he came around and came with these bars about the NFL. He had one line in there where you're shouting out, you know, not shouting out, but really, Hitting, hitting that Jay-Z talking about no one man should have all that power. But basically he's talking about 
you know, the NFL and, you know, just just the the blatant hypocrisy in the NFL between the owners, obviously rich white male owners and black people sacrificing their own bodies to make it you know competitive and entertaining. And I know a lot of players get paid, but it, let's not forget how few players actually get the real big bucks. And the, the, the tenure in the NFL is so short nowadays and money is all tied up in, in performance and, and all that kind of stuff. So the big contract numbers you hear are not really guaranteed and, and a lot of players don't don't get the money that that you know you hear about in the news but anyway my verses go in he talks about he, he calls out he calls out the like the owners like i said but he even calls out the other black players for real like he he was like you know cap took a knee and some black players joined with him in terms of like what he was trying to do but not enough did for real like if, if we're looking at what that could have been I mean, that was a huge thing. And if you, if you, you could even cut to today, you know, to, to the 2020 season, um, and you could see how, not the NFL season, I'm saying the 2020 sports year, you could see how after, after the Jacob Blake shooting, I mean, you saw NBA players stop playing. You saw Major League Baseball players stop playing. Certain, a lot of games in Major League Baseball were canceled. Um, and it looked like the NBA season, and, and they were in the middle of the playoffs, it looked like their season might be canceled. Like, they were about to just cancel the, the playoffs, for real. So, you know, in that moment, you saw a lot more drastic moves taking place um, on behalf of Jacob Blake and, you know, just police brutality, which is the same issue Kaepernick took a knee for, by the way. You know, he he, he was doing he, – he, that was his whole point. And there weren't any any – stoppages or anything like that even threatened in the NFL when, when that originally took place. So just comparing the two times, I mean, the NFL just and, and you know, Myers verse basically calls out black players in the NFL saying that they didn't do that. You know, in 2020, obviously the, the, the energy is just different this year. I mean, with 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 everything that's been happening since since the summer and, and, and you know, dating back to Ahmaud Arbery and all the things that led up to, to George Floyd's killing. I mean, it's I'm not going it, to it may be unfair to compare the two, but I, maybe it's not because because the point of Ma's verse is that if we were more organized and had a plan, when I say we, I mean the black black leadership in general from a, from a country standpoint, but even black players within the NFL, if we had more leadership and, and, and a collective strategy at that level. Kaepernick wouldn't have been isolated out. He wouldn't have been ostracized by himself and a couple of other players that were with him ostracized for what they did. It would have been more of a collective thing and they could have used their economic power to really push that needle forward. But anyway, the song is dope, if I do say so myself. And I appreciate Mai's bars on this joint and I just appreciate his ideas for the beat and just, you know, making this thing even come to fruition. So and it was a, it was an honor to even just be a part of that process and uh, to be able to produce that for him. It's, it seemed relevant for this discussion because, you know, that that song is about protesting the NFL, which is, again, something that I did early, you know, when, when everything was going on. Um, and so that was something that, that, that I, I, you know, fully supported the song and everything. But now looking back in terms of my own reaction to the, to the major league baseball season and, and how they were just problematic with, you know, the black lives matter stuff. And really they've just been problematic about race, like the whole time, like, and, and, and I know we, we already talked about that, but anyway, so that's my, that's the song I'm rocking to right now. Shout out to my span on that joint. And I'll post a link to the song uh, in the liner notes of the show. That is it for the show today. 
Um, we're going to get into a lot more of these topics later in the coming weeks and months and years, hopefully, assuming we, we keep this rolling for this long. Um, but I appreciate you rocking with me today. I hope to get your get your ear next time. And uh, if you want to get at me, uh, my Twitter and my Instagram is realdadult, R-E-A-L-D-A-D-U-L-T. You can direct message me on there, which I've heard is normally referred to as DMs. <laughs> All this is new to me. This is going to be fun, I promise. Anyway, thank you for rocking with me for this first episode. I hope to catch you here next time. Be safe, be well, peace. Peace.